Okay, well, welcome to study two in our Leviticus series. Study two is about priesthood in Leviticus chapters 8 to 10. First question, what comes to mind when you hear the word priest? How does someone become a priest today? And what is the role of a priest? So we need to see that the role of the priest then and today is very different. However, just be happy to open discussion and talk about priests today, all the good things and the bad things, and think through if people bring up about Old Testament priests, that's fine. Just have some general discussion about priests. Now, basically, chapter 8 will talk about the preparation of the priests in the Old Testament. That's Aaron and his sons. Chapter 9 will talk about what they were meant to do and not to do. And chapter 10 is a story of those who do it right and those who do it wrong. Read, uh, question 2, read Leviticus 8, 5-9. What do you think the priests have to... Why do you think the priests have to wear different clothes? Well, the, the, what the priests wore back then is pretty uh, unusual for us. But the clothes were pretty impressive. They were made with expensive materials, as as, uh, as you would imagine someone with a special role might have. Those special clo clothes are so that they're recognised for their special role. Uh, further, the clothes they have in their clothes they have some distinctive articles that symbolise their roles demanded of the priests. The ermen or umen and thumen are significant. And so what might be worth just looking up those to see what that's all about. Even just look on Wikipedia, you'll get an idea. Uh, things like the diadem is a symbol of authority. This is this their clothes that set them apart for God, and it's visually displayed for the people. Uh, question three, what else had to happen before the priests could get to work? Well, the priests were good people, but not perfect people. They required Moses, because of his special relationship with God, to offer sacrifice on their behalf for their atonement. Um, the movement to holiness is always expensive. And these men show us they're not ch the, these, uh, the need for them to be atoned for, show us that these men are not chosen on the basis of their own built-in holiness. Uh, rather, God makes them holy through the penalty paid for them through that sacrifice. Uh, we can see it if we look at chapter 8, verse 34, where Moses says, What has been done today was commanded by the Lord to make atonement for you. Question 4. Why do you think there is such a dire consequence if they did not do their tasks? And see chapter 8, 35 and 36. Well, the thing is, this is a very serious job they're taking on. They are mediators between the people and God. They therefore have a representative nature of that representative of God to the people, and so it is very serious what they do. Uh, serious enough that God will remind them in verse thirty-five that disobedience can mean death. They are to stay at the entrance of the tent of meeting, uh, a day and night for seven days, and do what the Lord requires, uh, so that they will not die. For this has been commanded. Uh, the next question, what four things did the priests have to do? Well, firstly, they had to offer, they look at the, the verses there, I've put the verses that you can have a look at. Firstly, they offer sacrifice on behalf of themselves, because there is that atonement required for them. They were still human, 
uh, or sinful human, I should say, and they had to continue to deal with the reality of sin in their own lives as they sought to serve the people of God. The second thing they had to do was to present the people's sacrifices to God, and we see that in chapter 9, verses 3 and 4. Uh, and there is, a, a, for example, a goat being offered. Uh, let me just think of something first. Oh, I've just lost my point. I've <laughs> lost my place that I was thinking. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, when the worshipper came, they identified with the animal by putting their own hand on the animal's head and, and then having it slaughtered. The purpose of that was that they were to recognise the animals receiving what they deserved for their rebellion against God. But the priest is the one who would take the blood and other parts of the offering to the altar before God. See, this they were mediators between God and people and people and God. Uh, they were intermediaries. So the third job was that the priests were to carry... to. Uh, to actually carry a blessing from the Lord to the people. So they took the sacrifice from the people to the Lord, but they brought back a blessing from the Lord to the people. And that's one of the important things there. So Aaron lifts his hands towards the people and blesses them. Uh, fourth thing they're meant to do is they're, it's seen in chapter 10, verse 10, uh, they are to distinguish between the holy and the common, between the unclean and the clean. Uh, they are to show, they're not to be grey or blurry about holiness. And the priests are the, one distinguishing, the ones distinguishing between holy and common, unclean and clean. And if you put, and, and there will be an example of that in chapter 10, when we hear uh, of the illustration of the um, things that have been said here. So, next question, why do you think the story of Abihu and Nadab is in chapter 10, verses 1 to 7? Well, I've already, already let that cat out of the bag, sort of thing. Uh, chapter 10 is an episode that illustrates what chapters 8 and 9 talked about. What happens when priests don't reflect the holiness of God in the community? Uh, as witnesses to the, uh, the words beforehand that were spoken, God does not play favourites. So, Abihu and Nadab are back in Exodus chapter 24. They actually get to go up the mountain with God and they have a meal with God, so to speak, whatever that meant. Uh, there was this intimate fellowship. And here they are presumptuous and it's almost like that. They there's no favourites. They, they don't get special treatment. Uh, and so even they will be called to account if they do the wrong thing. Chapter 10, verses 4, all the way to the end of the chapter, focus a lot of attention on Abihu and Nadab's brothers, Eleazar and Ithamar. And the question is, what do you think of this? Uh, the whole effect there is that they need to do the right, the priests need to do the right thing and be seen to be doing the right thing. So when it says, when Moses says to them, uh, keep, keep your hair, hair combed, don't... Uh, don't have unkempt hair and tearing of your clothes. Uh, that We wonder what was going on there. But these were signs of mourning. If they had mourned their brother's deaths, it would have shown some sympathy with Nadab and Abihu and then led the whole community into siding with Nadab and Abihu. 
uh, chapter 10, verse 10 means that they are to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean, the holy and the unholy, uh, sorry, the holy and the common. In this instance, they were to behave in such a way that elevated God's holiness to be more important than their own family. And one person, one writer has said this, the surviving priests, even though they were brothers, had to identify themselves entirely with God's viewpoint and not arouse any suspicion that they condoned their brother's sin. So that's what's going on there. Now there might be a question in your group about verse 16. Uh, there's this strange event that happens and they're meant to eat a goat and they don't eat it and Moses gets upset. Uh, this sacrifice was most holy and should have been eaten by the priests, Aaron and his sons. But Aaron was reluctant to eat for some reason and even though they should have, his reluctance to eat this holy sacrifice was because he was worried he may have been infected by the sin of his sons and so refrained. And Moses is happy with that explanation. Uh, one writer has said this. Let me just turn to the page. This suggests, perhaps, that God is more gracious to those who make mistakes because they fear him than those who carelessly and uh, uh, enter his enter God's presence like Nadab and Abihu did with unauthorized fire. Well, what do you th what do you think there? Is, why do you think there is such an instance that the priests insistence? It's late. Sorry, <laughs> that there is such an insistence that the priests do things properly. Well, again, those who represent God are open to greater judgment. Their behaviour will reflect on God. So uh, someone has said, the closer a man is to God, the more attention he must pay to his holiness and the glory of God. Um, read the passages from Hebrews. How is Jesus the greatest high priest? Uh, be good for you to actually re read those in your group. Uh, there was a very high holiness standard that we've heard for priests but even they failed. And Jesus is the perfect priest for us. Jesus is the priest we learn we need by reading Leviticus. Uh, he was tempted in every way, as we are, which means he knows what we are going through even, uh, even more than we do, because he didn't give up. It's like the runner who gives up in a marathon can't say to the one who doesn't give up, you can't understand what it is to run a marathon. No, he understands more than anyone. He's made it the whole way. So that means Jesus can really understand everything we are going through. He's a perfect high priest. Uh, is there any priesthood left today? Uh, the New Testament speaks of those who are in Christ as priests. That's you and I and your group. Uh, the leaders of God's people, yes, are under stricter judgment because they have a greater public profile and because they teach the people, not because they're greater in any way, 1 Timothy 3 talks about the qualification of elders, and uh, it's a very high standard. But all of God's people represent God to the world, so they must be holy witnesses to his holiness. So 1 Peter says to all God's people, be holy because God is holy. As priests in the world, we are to show God's holiness. Uh, so we ask the group what areas in their lives might not be making them good ambassadors of God. Uh, who are today's priests and what do they do? Well, as we've said, all God's people are priests. Some are leaders in the Christian community, but all are priests. Well, I've gone two minutes over time. I'm so sorry for that. I'm going to pull up stumps now. And I hope you might have had to listen to that one twice because there's a lot of information in that. 
As I've said before, always just email me if you have a question, give us a call, whatever it might be. I'd love to talk about it and pray your group goes well. See you later.